Please be advised, this episode may include depictions of murder, sexual content, and foul language that is not suitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Hi, welcome back to Wickedness. I'm Matt. And I'm Lenny. Well, last week's episode, I hope if you listened to it, you didn't become part of some cult. And if you are, hopefully you ran away. Because <laughs> who did we talk about last week? I can't even remember that guy's name. Jim Jones. See, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Oh, which was nothing. Well, how do you know? I didn't have anything. How do you Jim know? Jones? No, how do you know you didn't have anything for breakfast? We couldn't even remember. <laughs> yep. True. Just if fine. I can't, oh, yeah, if I just said, can't remember what I had for <laughs> breakfast, how do I know if I had breakfast? Okay. Case in point. Just kidding. But Jim Jones, um, hopefully that was a that was a good one. I liked it. But, of course, I like all of our podcast topics. That's why we do them. So True. That's why we pick them. Mm-hmm. Well, today's podcast covers a man by the name of Bobby Joe Long, not Billy Joe Long, as my wife oh, uh, had messed up, up and <laughs> typed it in. But this is Bobby Joe Long. I swear it was an autocorrect. Nah, I don't believe it. <laughs> so he had roamed the Tampa Bay area where he hunted, he raped, he murdered. He killed at least 10 women in 1984 that during that time frame, and he raped 50 women between the years of 80 and 83. Well, he sounds Can you imagine pleasant. all that psychopathy going on? Psychopathy? Yeah, that's my new word. <laughs> Created like it. We need to patent that. Fortunately... For one woman, she got away and didn't allow him to commit another murder. So we'll, we'll cover that later on down the road as we're talking about this. What do you mean? What? Uh, there's a there's one girl. That actually, I mean, that's how he got caught, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because one got away. Oh. And I'll talk about that, cover that. What she did to get away, which was, which was pretty good, and was able to work her way out of being murdered. Well, that's a good thing, yeah. For sure. Okay. So to tell this story, we need to start at the beginning. Nope. That's where we I always wanna, start, right? I want to start at the end. Start at the end? Mm-hmm. I could. Work, go, my, work, work our way back? Yep, let's work backwards. Nah, let's not do that. <laughs> I don't think it'd make much sense. I think it would. Like, wouldn't it be cool to start a story with the trial and how they got well, executed by lethal injection or something? And then something they found out they were the wrong person? Shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I don't know. God. Didn't you listen to the West Memphis Three? I am not an advocate of that. Right. Okay. So anyway. Okay. So Bobby, he was born Robert Joseph Long in October of 1953. His parents, Joe and Luella, split when he was a young boy. So he grew up primarily with his mother. His mother worked at a bar and she dressed scantily and she used her bed as a revolving door for men. Ew. Oh, wait. What is disgusting is she shared her bed with Bobby until he was 13 years old. So you can imagine his sexual deviations beginning and his disgust and hate for his mom. Oh, my 
my gosh. So you can so imagine at that time. she did this stuff with him in the bed? With him in the bed. That's not. Till oh he was 13. Gosh. And then no. he decided to get his own bed, I guess. But yeah, they shared a bed and I don't know. I can imagine the hate for his mother. And then do you see that with serial killers, though, that they'll have this hate for their mother or maybe even dad, but a mother, let's say, um, and they end up taking it out because uh, on other women, right? Right. Yeah. And it usually stems from something like their mother did belittling them, Mm -hmm. something sexual. Maybe they were prostitute. Yeah. Neglect. Definitely neglect. Lots of different things. I could see him. I mean, one, he was neglected because his dad wasn't around. His mom worked, and at night, you think he was a latchkey kid. Because if his if his mom works at a bar, and yeah. then she brings home random strangers, and then she shares a bed with her son, and what he's going to think of her. That's so gross. It is gross. Anyway. All right. Moving on. Uh, Bobby didn't have the best childhood. Huh, go figure. Mm-hmm. Besides sleeping next to his mom for years during sexual escapades. And um, that's... Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He failed the first grade, had multiple head injuries, according to research um, that I had done and read on, and began growing breasts as an adolescence, which is a resulting of having an extra X chromosome. Have you seen kids like that? Oh, my they gosh. That? This poor kid. Yeah. It is sad. So he had an extra chromosome that mm-hmm. caused him mm-hmm. to have some female components, like attributes well, looking, or something. Yep. And so, then on top of that, had injuries. Crazy ass mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he yeah. was doomed. He was doomed. I know. You can't forgive somebody for doing what they did, but at the same time, do you have a little bit of pity for him? For him, and not just before not, he before was, he started. Yeah, yes, of course I do because this is the kind of kid that you need to. You save. can see the psychological stuff going. Yes, that that you would hope that if there had been some intervention early on, that maybe he could have been normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can imagine this look, you know, was not good for Bobby. He's constantly getting teased at school. And I then can, I bet. Oh yeah. And then luckily later he had about this is like six pounds of flesh My removed from his chest. But by then, you know, the damage it's already been done. Yeah. All the teasing that he's had throughout the years. That's horrible. Also, with the multiple head injuries he had, it seems like to be a common practice for a lot of serial killers. Yeah, it Have does. you seen that? Yes. With a major head trauma? Mm-hmm. Can you point to any off top of your head? I'm putting you on the spot. You? True. I've had major head trauma. You have too. <laughs> no, I can't. Off the top of my head, think of, like, I, th- I know that this is a key signature mm-hmm. thing for most serial killers if you look at their actual profile. I don't want to just things. name names because I don't want to be wrong, but I remember reading a uh, serial killer book about like the 50 top serial killers when I was in high school because I loved that. I thought about looking at being, you know, wanting to be a homicide detective or do some, time, some type of forensic mm-hmm. um, work. And a lot of them had had major head trauma yeah. throughout, throughout their I life. I know that that's true. I just can't think of and like, here's right another. now. I can't say it was this person. So, yeah, major head trauma, failing the first grade, extra Y, or extra, excuse me, X chromosome, showing breasts, watching his mom sleep with other guys till 13. That's delightful. Lots of things going on. So, in 1974, Bobby married his longtime sweetheart, Cynthia. Oh, wait. So, he actually had a relationship. He did. And they met when he was 13. So, she knew so about I his sus- mm-hmm. Well, and I suspect he thought it was a good time to begin sleeping in his own bed at that time. So it's amazing what a girl can do to a guy. That's true. 
That's true. Because you said he started sleeping or mm-hmm. he stopped sleeping with his mom at 13 At 13. Old. And then this is when Cynthia came in the picture. Hmm. So Go like a Cindy. little childhood sweetheart thing, which was, which was good. Mm-hmm. And too, too, it seemed like things were going pretty well during this time. Um, but we'll get on to where things go wrong. But Yeah, I'm kind of curious about that part. Mm-hmm. I well, mean, obviously things were not going right for him for his whole life. No, but, um, no. But you, th- you, you thought you saw a glimmer of hope here. Right. Um, with Cynthia. And when they decided to marry Long was serving in the Army, he was at Homestead Air Force Base. I guess that's where he's stationed in those Army, and it's on an Air Force installation in Florida. So he didn't go far from home. And they had two children, and there is not much info on the kids, which is probably for the best, um, since, you know, dad ends up being a psychopath right? here later on. But things changed for long when he received a head head trauma. Once again, he was hit by a vehicle while riding his motorcycle. So besides mm-hmm. the head trauma, he almost lost one of his legs, and he was hospitalized for weeks on end. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. That is so scary. Well, too, yeah, we, we're, we have motorcycles and... I'm a brand Riding new those. motorcycle rider who's terrified to even leave the neighborhood yet, but <laughs> I will have to leave the neighborhood eventually, and I'm scared of stuff like that. Yeah, you, it's as a motorcyclist, they'll say, you know, you can, de- of course, have an accident on your own, but it's having to watch out for other people not seeing you right. on the motorcycle that you get worried about. Or not caring or that not you're caring. on a motorcycle. Yeah, like, I've heard that, like hate crimes for motorcyclists. Right, like you're on a bike, so you're immediately this biker dude or chick who deserves to be ran over. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. So Cynthia noticed a big change in Bobby after the vehicle incident, and he became aggressively short-tempered against Cynthia and the kids during this time. So after the- can I just ask, like, did you look and see what part of his head injury it was like don't they say oh. that stuff in the fem- the temporal lobe or something mm-hmm. if it's damaged it can totally switch your personality around they do they did talk about that psychologists okay. have said that and I'll, I'll actually point to that here in oh, a sec sorry. so good question though I'm just jumping ahead huh? oh you are good <laughs> you just know your stuff no <laughs> <laughs> i guess so long had always had a temper but it seemed to be shortened and heightened during this after this incident and speaking of heightened, Bobby blames the accident on his sexual appetite increasing to an aggressive state. Uh, oh, he wow. he lets he says his hi, he was hypersexual and he had an increased sex drive. And professionals do say that trauma to the brain, such where Long had it, could invoke such a change on his libido. Things just changed where his aggressiveness and his sexual. He was even I think he was all casted up, and it said like he would masturbate like at the hospital, like through it trying to like like five or six times. I, I wouldn't be so I would think he, even more so, but he, it like it set on really quick. Wow. That sexual um, aggression and hyper sexualness wow. that he, that he got. So after the incident, leaving the army and being unemployed, where she can imagine sounds like a, you know, a country song right. long came up with an MO uh, to soothe his sexual desires, he decided to place his focus on unsuspecting housewives and became known as the classified ads rapist. Oh, you know, unsuspecting housewives are my go-to for... Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Right. That's sad. <laughs> yeah. So between 80 and 83, Bobby would answer classified ads in the paper for small appliances or furniture and scout for sell signs on houses. The person who met him turned out to be a woman living alone or whose husband was away for the day. He would produce a knife, tie the woman up, and rape her. So he didn't just choose these women. Like, 
stalking them or anything like not that. so much he, he stalked the ads first and then say okay let me see if i can pray on this person is this person single so he didn't have like a type of woman it didn't seem no like blondes with blue mm, eyes no it didn't okay it didn't have that wow so to support his sexual appetite he would rob them before leaving the home uh, this is where he became responsible for raping at least 50 women in fort lauderdale Acala, miami and dade counties what so okay, he can support himself. He doesn't have a job. I'll rob these, probably pawning things off to make money, helping his sexual pleasure. Ew. During this time, Cynthia filed for divorce. As she says, he was not the man she had previously fell in love with. Now single, Bobby moved in with Sharon Richards. Not long into the roommate into the roommate situation, Richards accused Long of rape. Go figure. He raped his roommate. Mm-hmm. Mm. However, the police didn't have enough evidence to make a charge against him stick, and it was probably a he said, she said situation. So Long was let go, furious at Sharon weeks later. Long hit her during an argument and then moved out. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously? Mm Mm-hmm. The cops didn't think that it was, he would, like, she's saying it. Did she not get Mm -hmm. a rape test done? Did she wait weeks? I don't know. What happened? Yeah, but wait, there's more. Okay. Well, even if a rape... It, it becomes a he said, she said, I guess. And they couldn't like, well, I don't know. I, I know times have changed. I just, yes, times have changed. This was back in the day and they probably didn't believe her. But even if today's, let's say that happened and she said, oh, I raped me. But let's say she was just mad at him and trying to get back at him and just being evil. Yes, it can happen. <clears throat> but what are the odds of it happening? Right. He then hooked up with a 17 year old in 83. And she worked as a nurse at the local hospital, which is kind of wild. Man, that's young. He gave his new... How did a 17-year-old work as a nurse? It's probably what, what's the lowest kind of like starter nurses. Well, I don't know. Because I know, know. those LPNs, RNs, and Yeah, but honey, you CNAs. have to go to school for all that. CNA even you have to go to school for. But you like... Maybe she was more of a, a helper. Candy striper. Just kidding. <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> Shut up. All right. <laughs> All right. So he now what he would do with this with this girl he gave her with his new girlfriend regular gifts of jewelry. Of course, this jewelry had come from the rape victims. So romance must not be dead. Of course, <laughs> it is not dead. I want those necklaces from those women you hurt. Please mm-hmm. give them to me. Right. Months later, Sharon Richards was back in Long's life pursuing assault charges against him from the eighty-one incident where he hit her. Oh, good for her. Right. Keep fighting. Long was found guilty at a trial and enraged, wrote dozens of letters to the judge presiding over his case, begging for a retrial, swearing he was innocent of all charges. Mm. From one article, it quoted, a retrial is something that would only happen to a white man in the justice system. Bobby's request for a retrial was granted by the judge. The second time around, all charges were dismissed. As he left the courtroom, Long turned and laughed in Richard's face. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he's, he wrote the letter and said that mm-hmm. this was only something that would happen to a white man? No. So this what is color is he? From one, well, white, but from one of the articles I was reading, someone, they wrote that. Oh, They put that okay. in. That was more of what they had commentated on. Got that, it. Sorry. I guess I misunderstood that. I thought and he I kind of added that. that in, too, with... Not that we need more, you know, we don't want division and things. Um, but no, I think things our going country on, is way too divided as it is. One, but things that are going on right now, but it does, yeah, I mean, there's the whole privilege thing and 
Right. And, and there it is. And there, right and there, there. And there it is. Exactly. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so later in 83, Bobby was charged with sending sexually explicit mail and photos to a 12-year-old Tampa girl. What? Mm-hmm. Police also had phone records of him calling the girl's home, and he was sentenced to two days, a whole whopping two days in jail and six months of probation. So I bet that taught him a good lesson, right? Oh, yeah. Not. N- no, it did. He learned his he lesson. He learned his lesson. Yep, he stopped all crime after that. I bet. Wow. So it was known in Hillsborough County, uh, was averaging during this time about 30 to 35 murders per year, But in 84, while Bobby was on probation, the murders escalated with women being raped, bound, tortured, and their bodies being placed in unusual areas and poses. So this all, Mm -hmm. like, the thing went up, the murder rate went up? There was a big spike, yes. Good job, Bobby. Right. Moving the scales. Yeah. Wow. And the rate of these, got to get those numbers. And the rate (laughs) of these murders was one every other week during this time period, Just just in the county. So imagine that in one county every other week, you know, okay, well, it's time for another murder. So he did he like he was raping women Mm -hmm. and then he escalated to killing them. Yes. And that was while he was out on probation. Was it so that he didn't have to go back to jail or something? Does it ever say why he started killing women instead of just raping them? It it didn't. He just all of a sudden just like, Mm -hmm. okay, Annie up here, I guess. I don't know. So one of his victims, Gwen Thai Long, Thi Long also known as Lanalong, which is much easier. Yeah, thank goodness, because that's <laughs> that a tough one. Yeah. Uh, she had been missing for three days when she was found by a group of boys late in the afternoon on March 27th of 84 in a remote area of southern Hillsborough County. She was a 20-year-old exotic dancer with, a drug, addict- with drug addiction issues, and Lana was found lying face down with her hands tied behind her back by a rope and fabric. The same rope was found around her neck with a leash-like extension. And there was a potential fabric gag around her face and her feet were spread more than five feet apart, leading police to assume that she had been deliberately displayed this way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So so, so he was trying <clears throat> to humiliate her even after death, mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. What's the point in that? Oh, and I don't know. I wonder, you know, going back to his childhood, the way his mom was and stuff, what kind of, hum- I mean, he was humiliated. Yes, and yes, I wonder I if he saw that, some but... crazy stuff that isn't even brought up or he never even mentions and talks about, not to my knowledge, I don't of what he saw. Know. I don't either. So this this murder, this one here, began an eight-month-long investigation to catch a killer. A few weeks later, the body of a young white female was found in an isolated area of Hillsborough County. And she was nude, her clothes nearby. The victim was on her back with her hands bound at the waist and a lig- ligature around her neck. Her throat had been cut and she had sustained blunt force trauma to her head. And she was later identified as 22-year-old Michelle Denise Sims, a known sex worker in the area. Why is it always sex workers? Because like they're, they're so easy to pick sex, off. I know. It's so sick and sad. What's, what's, what's crazy is them doing that work, knowing the, the dangers That's of it. That's not crazy, though, if you think about it. Women are not electing that. You don't grow up going, I want to be a prostitute. I know. You fall into it mm-hmm. for one reason or another. Like maybe your life's just not going well or you fell into drugs and that's the only way you know to make some money to support your habit. Whatever the case may be, this is not something but you choose. But they're willing to take the risk because of it. They are willing to take the risk, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. But it's, I hate, like, I hate that you even said that. Like, I, I hate that women have to do that. 
Oh, it's not something they choose. No, no, no. So anyway, Uh, well, I guess yeah. To reframe, I hate that they fall into that. Yes. Anyway, just so the invest. She'll she'll talk to me later about that. (laughs) No, got it covered. The investigators quickly noticed a ligature around Sim's neck was made from the same kind of rope found around Lana Long, and the tire impressions found at the scene matched uh, that of Long scene as well. Inves- investigators officially connected both cases at that oh. point. Okay, that's so cool. that's good. Okay, we got maybe the same trends here, the same person. Well, and what I'm liking about this too mm-hmm. is that they didn't just say, well, Michelle was a sex worker. We're not going to really investigate this. Like they actually looked into it. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, that's the case, not the case all the time. Well, the other was an exotic dancer, even though it might have been more of a profession as far as getting paid and it's at a at an establishment. Still. Again, you, and, you, you, you don't choose these things. Mm-hmm. It kind of just happens for you, whatever life circumstances are. Mm-hmm. But... I am just saying, like, for sex workers, it's in many of the stories that we've read and, and covered, you you notice there's a trend usually where cops are like, well, they're a sex worker. And they don't investigate. Or, yeah, that's not what Or if they here. do, the, the effort is not there. Yeah, but they put effort in on this one. So well, that's what I was noticing. Sometimes like, I wonder, like, the effort is because they're pushed by family. Family members well, I think that's them. the case for some mm-hmm. of the cases. But in this one, it just sounds like, they just they connected them they're and they're really they're really working it. it, which is cool. And that's all I was trying to note. Mm-hmm. Is that it's cool that they're not just writing it off and not yeah. looking. But uh, during one uh, forensic investigation, red nylon fibers that matched all other crime scenes were found, and on one of the many victims, this friend's body, they also found a brown pubic hair on the bedspread along with semen of this person. So they had DNA then. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Uh, two weeks later from this. Uh, the the incident I just spoke of, the mummified remains of a white female were discovered near the highway in northern Hillsborough County. No no clothing, ligatures, or other physical evidence could be found at the scene due to the amount of time the body had been exposed to the elements. And then the recovered body would be identified as Kimberly Kyle Hops, and she was 22. And it was said that after the arrest of, of Bobby Long, of Joe Long, he would refer to Hops as sugar. A comparison of her head hairs with hairs found in Long's vehicle officially made her one of Long's many victims. Cool. They were able to tie her directly to him. Yes. That's awesome. So now we'll get to the one that got away. Oh, cool. Okay. A 17-year-old named Lisa McVeigh. And she had left her job at a donut shop uh, when she was abducted off of her bike by Long, who jumped out from behind a parked car and knocked her over. Oh my gosh, seventeen. Mm-hmm. That makes me think, and she's just leaving her job. Yeah, that makes me think of Avery. Right, she's, she's seventeen. Yeah, she works at Sonic. Mm-hmm. I just, but I just, I'm glad that she has a car and she can get yeah, in it. Yeah, she's not right. There. Yeah, that's true. Okay, anyway, because I wouldn't allow that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> McVeigh was taken back to Long's apartment at gunpoint, McVeigh said in an interview with Fox. Uh, he held me for 26 hours at gunpoint. He raped me over and over again. I lost count. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's horrible. But for her, she used her street smarts. And her fortunate but unfortunate, I would say, past experience with sexual abuse, McVeigh tried to connect with her abductor. Oh, no. So she had a mm-hmm. history of sexual abuse already, mm-hmm. and this is happening to her? Yeah, from some family. And she, I guess she said, I said, listen, it's unfortunate how we met, but I can be your girlfriend. 
I could take care of you, and no one even has to know. She said she talked to him like a four-year-old, and it worked. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. That's just beyond disgusting. Yeah. But whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I'm to telling you, ladies, situation. if you're ever in that situation, for whatever reason, play to them. Well, they talk or about fight. that, too. And, you know, military, they talk about that when you're held captive to not not don't get into politics and religion and try to all those things. But you try to make some form of connection where they have you, you form some kind of bond with your captor. Where, they, where they'll be more lenient on you. And where they you also can get said, away. take every opportunity to escape. And take it, well, that too, for sure. <laughs> McVeigh said she remembered things she had seen on detective shows, and she wanted to, if she survived, have whatever information she could gather for the police to help them catch her abductor. Someone she had no idea was the serial killer police had been searching for. Which is... Of that's, course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good for her. Mm-hmm. And then from under her blind, blindfold, McVeigh um, filed away everything she saw. From the Magnum nameplate on Long's car to the number of stairs, she walked up to his apartment, and when she was in the bathroom alone, she deliberately put her fingerprints on uh, every surface she could. That's could you, smart. Yes. Could you imagine having the presence of mind to do that? So let me just take a uh-huh. step back and just say that this 17-year-old girl, much better bigger person than me ever because I know that if I'm scared I am not thinking clearly enough to be able to say let me count steps let me look underneath my blindfold like I think I would I don't think that I could do that mm-hmm. I'm this is impressive I know it is go girl right and then she notes also to at one time she placed uh he placed my hands on his face McVeigh says uh, of trying to see her captor without really seeing him by touching his features. There was pockmarks, a small mustache, small ears, short hair, clean cut, kind of stout, but not overweight. A big guy. Wow. Yeah. So she's, you know, doing anything and everything where she can remember all the details and leave some form of evidence. I mean, good um, for her, but I know that she is much better person than I, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's a lot. Have the so, presence of mind to do that. Oh, I know. And as their time together wound down, McVeigh started to tell Long that she had a sick father that only she could take care of, and she could see see he had some kind of sympathy for her. So she continued to play that that angle, and eventually Long loaded McVeigh into his car and drove her out to a spot at Hillsborough Avenue, not far from where he had abducted her, and he told her to wait five minutes before she could remove her blindfold, and then he drove off. Wow. So, yeah, let her go. She really talked her way out of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. wild, isn't it? Yeah, good for you. So McVeigh pulled off her blind blindfold down, and the first thing I saw was this gorgeous, beautiful oak tree. That's the moment I knew my life was about to change for the good. I saw the branches of new life. It's pretty pretty good, though, that she... Oh, that's what she said. That's what she said. Sorry, she found didn't... the good in it. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Long continued to kill after... This, but police finally had access to all ATM photos and started the comparison between those and DMV records. This eventually re- uh, revealed Robert Joseph Long's name. Task force members started to search for the areas and where the victims were killed or known to frequent. And looking for Long's car, one team member noticed a red Dodge Magnum driving down Nebraska Avenue, so they stopped the vehicle under the guise that the police were looking for a robbery suspect. And the officer asked Long if he minded having his picture taken so that they could rule him out of of anything, and he actually agreed to take the photo. 
Because he thought they were just looking for a robbery suspect. Right. All right. You're brilliant, dude. So after this, too, they were able to take McVeigh, his picture, to possibly identify him as McVeigh's captor. But on that part, how could she on a picture? Because she, you said she felt his face and yeah, stuff, but yeah, she yeah. never saw now, his I guess, face. I guess that's probably part of it. Maybe that's what she said. Mm. Maybe she told him, yeah, that felt, I mean, I felt his mustache. I felt these things. I saw it. It looks like what I felt. Maybe I mean, that's what they helped use. Okay. But no, that's a good that you point that out. I'm just curious she how never that really could work. saw him. Right. Both at an arrest warrant and a search warrant were drawn up and approved. And Long was arrested within two hours. Wow. After that point. While being interrogated, Long denied any knowledge or involvement of, in the murders. But when McVeigh was brought up, Long confessed. He gave a brief description of each homicide. In every case, Long had talked the victims into his vehicle, immediately gained control of them with a knife or a gun, bound them, and then took them to various areas where he could rape and murder them. Wow. Yeah. He confessed when... Yep, when, when they brought up McVeigh. Oh, my goodness. And then Long, uh, he drew a map showing where he had placed the victims, including two that police had not known about. Artist Ann Wick, 20, actually the first victim killed, and Vicki Marie Elliott, 21. So the police didn't know about them, but did they have their, had they ever found their bodies? Yeah, they found them. Okay. And then the state attorney in the public defender's office of Hillsborough County finally reached a plea bargain for eight of the homicides and the abduction and rape of Lisa McVeigh. On September 24, 1985, Long pled guilty to all the crimes received 26 life sentences without the possibility of parole. Jeez. Yeah, so seven life sentences. That's a lot. And after 20, but she deserved. And after 25 years of death penalty for the murder of Michelle Denise Sims. On April 23, 2019, after serving 35 years in prison, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis finally signed Long's death warrant. On May 24, 2019, at 6.55 p.m., the 65-year-old Bobby Joe Long was executed by lethal injection. The killer had no last words and just closed his eyes, and he drifted off to sleep. Retired detectives, family members were there to watch along with Lisa McVeigh. Lisa said her heart would not skip a beat as she watched Bobby be put to death. I don't understand that. What did she mean her heart would not skip a beat? She just wouldn't even, like... She wasn't even worried about it, concerned. She wasn't she wasn't nervous about it. Her heart wasn't I mean, she was just like, just kill this guy. Wow. Get rid of him. But what's neat is now she works at a, as a sheriff's deputy for Hillsborough County. Oh, okay. Good. So that's pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm. At the end here. Yeah. And then she has one daughter, is what it is what it said. But I thought that was pretty neat that where she ended up, you right. know, working as a sheriff. Yeah, that's kinda cool. So that's pretty neat. And this guy was sick though. But I kind of I mean, I okay, so don't get me wrong, I do not think that I've had head trauma. You've had head trauma. Maybe yeah. not multiple head traumas, but we've had them. And I know not everyone is the same. And some people have serious stuff that comes up when certain parts of their brain is injured. So this kind of makes me feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Like he couldn't control it. But at the same time, the fact that they, it seems to me that somebody was aware of this, somebody who could have done like a doctor or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should have been in a psych ward. Yeah. And controlled that way. And, and seeing then, frequently or, you know, talking with counseling a lot. Something actual really needed big to be done to prevent him from mm-hmm. killing all these women and raping all these women and ruining lives and things like that. So I'm not excusing anything he did, but yeah. But why didn't someone step up and do something? Yeah. 
kind of just. I wonder how much Cynthia knew, even about his childhood. Like, did he confide in her things that happened? But it's not on her. No, I just wonder. Oh, you know what? What did she know? Yeah, during the time, pretty sick. All of it's pretty sick. But we'll post the links on our website, like we always do, at Wickedness True Crime and the Unknown dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wickedness True Crime. You can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash wickedness. And you can support us on that site as well by clicking on support. You can email us at wickednesstruecrime at yahoo.com or contact us through our website as well. And we would love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for our awesome Thanksgiving episode. Bye. Bye.